you need to get to know your consumer. If you don't know the consumer, how can you better take care of it? So you guys do so much work in understanding and seeing what the issues are with you know, the consumers that that's the learning opportunity for the operator. With you guys, you can really learn who your consumer is. What's up, Zach Oates author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Massimo Noia DeMarco. He is the CEO of Piestro, a fully automated pizza concept, and the founder and chief concept officer at Kitchen United, an off-prem commissary kitchen concept taking the world by storm. He has over 20 years experience in hospitality all over the world, Italy, Beverly Hills, New York City, and numerous incredible chefs and concepts like Wolfgang Puck, and Massimo and I actually shared the stage at the Ghost Kitchen Conference last year. I met him at numerous conferences. Very impressive guy. Everyone talks about Massimo. And uh, I've had numerous guests on the show tell me, have you, have you talked to Massimo yet? You got to have Massimo on. Anyway, so I am excited to have you on, my man. Welcome to Give an Ovation. Thank you, Zach. You're way, way too kind, but... Happy Monday. Mondays are the best days of the week. Always. I always get jacked when, um, when Monday comes around. And what a perfect way to start a Monday with you. Amen, man. Well, thank you. So first of all, Massimo, t- tell us about what keeps you busy. Tell us a little bit about Paestro. Tell us a little bit about KU. Boy, so uh, Paestro is a fully automated pizzeria. There's, it's been a dream for me for many years to bring amazing pizza to the pizza lovers around the world. And it's not really easy because there's so many great pizzas, so many great pizzerias. And and, and the only issue is just like with all the restaurants, you really don't have something that is so available and so convenient to you, like what we have provided right now with this vending machine style, right? So we have a, a machine that makes fresh fresh pizza in less than three minutes from scratch to the end. So you can order your pizza from your phone or standing in front of this beautiful window, order your favorite pizza and watch all in the ingredients being added to your pie. And then it goes in the back, it gets cooked, cut, boxed, and there you have it, right? So this is one way that I figured that I could bring the food as close as possible to the consumer, which has always been my dream. When we launched Kitchen United six years ago, that was the idea. You know, there's so many orders coming in through the restaurants right now, but if it takes 40, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour for food to get there, it's never going to be in the best possible condition. It's never going to be as close as what she would be getting at the restaurant. So let's get the food as close as possible to the consumer by opening all these various ghost kitchens. And and so that's the same thought. Now we're getting even closer because we can put this machine, not just in your school, college, hospital, airport, but we know know, we're getting a lot of calls from developers. Right now they're saying, hey, I want one of these machines in my high-rise building in New York City because I think of it almost as an amenity for my tenants. 
So if they're at two o'clock in the morning, they are hungry for a great hot pizza, what can they do? They just go on their phone, they order their pizza. By the time they put on their coat and, and slippers and they go downstairs, their pizza is ready piping hot and fresh with fresh ingredients. So more convenient than that is, you know, I, you can't get more convenient than that, right? Oh, so totally. for full disclosure, I am now not involved in, uh, I cashed out from Kitchen United. So not involved with Kitchen United anymore, though it was my baby for the last six years. Me and Jeffrey Calls, which I believe you know, uh, yeah. are the co-founder. And, uh, you know, we have some other really interesting things that we're about to announce. But, uh, you know, my goal, what get, gets me up in the morning is really to find all the solution that we possibly can find for restaurateurs like me, because I've been a restaurateur my whole entire life. How do we make the restaurateur's life easier? Yeah. Right? There's so many issues. And I know that we could talk about this for, for so so many hours about it, but you know, my goal is really to figure out how can we get the best possible tools in the hands of the operators so that we can take a little bit of that pain away and give them something that empowers them to do a better job. And most importantly, to keep a little bit more money on the bottom line. And that's what it's all about, right? I mean, no one got into this just for a charity cause. So, but now Massimo, that's the, the name Massimo. It's not a traditional American name. Uh, that's I believe you hail from Italy. Um, yeah. Now, in a world where pizza is not a food, but closer, nay, may I say, to a religion, how do you how do you encapsulate like a, a vending machine automation of a religion like pizza? How how have you gotten into the consumer mindset to say, hey, not only am I Italian, not only do I know and love pizza, but I found a way to automate it and and not. Um, not bastardize it like the frozen bagel pizzas. So what you do is you go and find partners and corporate partners that are the best in the culinary world. Mm -hmm. And that's why we went out and found, you know, well, I've known them because I'm a huge fan. 800 degrees. Chef Anthony Karen is a maniac, right? When it comes yeah. to how amazing his product needs to be. So when I first went to him and say, Anthony, we need to do this with a robot. And he goes, pizza, my pizza with your robot? Are you crazy? And then when he came and tasted it, it was like, are you kidding me? This is great. But if I can use my ingredients and my dough and my recipe in this machine, this pizza is going to be phenomenal, right? Yeah. So that's the whole idea. You have to get the right people because, you know, my team, our team at Paestro, it's, it's a group of fantastic engineers. They're incredibly talented. Like you would not believe it. They make me, I mean, I, I'm just the eye candy on it. I'm just kidding. But, uh, they, are, they are so incredibly talented, but none of them come from the culinary world. So what a better fit for us to go and find somebody that is not just me. It can't just be the CEO that tells them what to do. They have to hear it, feel it, touch it, taste it, along with people like Anthony Caron and 800 Grease and various other brands. Look, this is the same exact thing that we did at uh, Miso Robotics. When uh -huh. we launched a partnership with White Castle, it was the same exact thing. We knew this much. We were able to fry two items. Now, because of the support and the help, the collaboration with White Castle, now I believe we do 21 items for them, right? Wow. So that's, that's incredible. You took that culinary uh, expertise and brought it and put it together with some amazing 
technology, robotics, automation, intelligence, engineering, and you married them. But alone, you couldn't do it. You have to get that type of expertise in order to progress in the food industry, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that that's so interesting. So my wife and I were making pizza last night and the the quality of ingredients makes such a difference. I mean, we were talking about the olive oil that we eat here versus when we went to Greece last year and had olive oil there. And like the, the there was such a, a quality difference, which changed it so much. And I think that a lot of people are afraid initially because when they see something like a pizza vending machine or they hear that word pizza vending machine, they automatically switch to like Totino's or like, you know, one of these dollar pizzas that I would have in college, but it's not one or the other, right? Going to Danny Myers, why not? Why can't we have delicious pizza served out of a vending machine on demand? As long as you have the right ingredients, the right people, the right brain, the right philosophy, the right customer experience mindset. So uh, kudos to you. And I'm excited to have a, a biology machine near me. Um, yeah, now- with, the, with the advantage, with the advantage that the machine is always going to do the recipe exactly the same every single time. Now you can go to your favorite pizzeria and I bet you were not going to get the same exact pizza that you got last week or the week before, right? I mean, what, what, do, what do I hear all the time that restaurant operators say? It's like, well, you know, we make mistakes all the time because we're not robots, right? That's right. Like that's, that's the expression. That, yeah. But yeah. it's about that consistency. And, we've, and, and on the show, we've talked about that consistency a lot because at the end of the day, consistency equals trust and trust equals loyalty and loyalty equals success. Yeah. And so I think that, that that consistency to that success is a very simple mental, uh, mental jump there. Now, as, as you're, you know, imagine that you're in front of a, a room full of restaurateurs and they're wondering, Massimo, for the next year, how should I be thinking about my restaurant strategy? What advice would you give to them? First of all, people might think that this is crazy, but Although I am all for robotics and I'm all for automation, Uh-oh. I have to say that to me, hospitality is king. Oh, right? there we go. Hospitality trumps everything. If you don't have hospitality, if you don't know how to do genuine hospitality, you're not going to get anywhere. Now, there's a lot of issues right now with labor, right? So what a great opportunity right now because you don't have uh, a, a great pool of employees, but... I believe that every restaurant, I open over 65 restaurants, by the way. And in all these restaurants, there is always a few people that drank the Kool-Aid, that mm-hmm. absolutely love that brand, that love their restaurant. They would do anything for it. These are your people. These are your ambassadors. These are the people that can do genuine hospitality for you like no one, because no one loves the brand more than they do just as much as you do as the restaurant owner, right? So why don't we take those people, instead of putting them to do the hard jobs, the repetitive job, the cooking, the frying, where they get burned, they get, you know, let's get them out. Let's put them in front of the guest and let them do that hospitality. Let them tell, tell the guest why they're so in love with your brand, because that's yeah. genuine. 
That is truly genuine hospitality. They're not going to tell you a story. They're going to tell you, yeah, they might tell, tell you some story, but the story is why they're falling in love with your brand. And they'll tell you everything. Oh, by the way, do you know the owner does this? And you know, they do that. And you know how we make our food and how to. So those are the people that stay out there. They do the genuine hospitality. So unless you have that, you don't really progress. Now, what is the secret here? Now that we have so much of the off-premise orders, right? right. Off-premise orders, massive right now. How do we translate that genuine hospitality that you can do in a restaurant digitally, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we really need to do. And I think your company knows one or two things about that, right? Oh, because, I'm blushing, Massimo. Because, because <laughs> you need to get to know, you need to get to know your consumer. If you don't know the consumer, how can you better take care of it? So you guys do so much work in understanding and seeing what the issues are with you know, the consumers that that's the learning opportunity for the operator. With you guys, you can really learn who your consumer is. The more you learn who they are, the more you can appreciate what they like and what they don't like. The more you can give them what you what they really want versus what you think it is better for them. So you can better cater to them. But a lot of people think that, oh, I have a great idea. I have a great recipe. I have a great design. I, I, I'm going to do this and people are going to fall in love with it. It's, that's, that's not what happens. And if you see what the issues are right now with the off-premise, I believe that 18% of the order that are delivered across the United States right now they're unsatisfactory. Yeah. No, we've seen that same thing. So what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, I know what you guys are doing. I know <laughs> what I'm doing. But the industry, the industry needs to take that 18% and squash it down. Yeah. But how do we squash it down? If we don't go and see what the opportunities are, if we don't, don't listen to what our consumers are telling us, because people might come into the restaurant, they tell you, hey, you know, this wasn't hot or this was overcooked or this wasn't. Uh, but, but we can't have that communication, you know, in person, digitally. Well, we can. Yeah. We really can. And, we know and, that we can. But most people to. don't do that. Yeah. Like, you know, I ordered a burrito today. And to me, I have uh, an emotional allergy to onions. I think they, it is an offensive vegetable. Um, and I, so I ask every single thing, hey, every time I order Mexican food, please, no onions, no pico, no onions at all. No grilled onions, no cooked onions, no, no raw onions. And um, I, I make sure I always make a point like three, four times to mention no onions. So I got my burrito today. Guess what? There were onions on it. Yeah. And I didn't find out until I got home, until I got back to the office yeah. to eat it. And it's like, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to like spend the, my next meeting, like cancel it to drive back and, and replace the burrito? It's like, no, I'm just like mad. And now I don't want to go back to that place. And so I think these are the things that you're exactly right. And, and you know, my question of what's the most important experience, aspect of guest experience nowadays, I think that you're nailing on one of those really important things, which is we have to make sure that we treat our guests with the same amount of hospitality that we would if they dined in on white tablecloth as if they ate out. Like whatever the hospitality is that they're expecting, we need to extend that same hospitality off-prem as an on-prem. But you know, you've you've done 65 restaurants in your career. 
you know how to look at the whites of someone's eyes, how to look at their body language and tell if they enjoyed the food or not, right? We, we have to your point, we have to be able to do that outside of our four walls because a restaurant is no longer a front door and four walls in a kitchen. A restaurant is online. A restaurant is digital first and then experientially second, right? And I think that there are brands like, like, you know, like yours where it's solely, you know, solely off-prem, um, but you still need to, you still need to think about that. Even as an on-prem restaurant, you still need to think about that off-prem experience because you have a huge opportunity to increase revenue and loyalty. And then, and then you touched on it, loyalty, you know, having a great loyalty program, making people feel part of your, your experience it's so incredibly valuable, right? But it's not just like, yeah, I'm going to send you, you know, this or that. A true loyalty program really keeps everything in, in consideration, right? Because a loyalty program can just be, uh, give you some points or give you some dollars, give you, it's based on someone's preferences, right? So you build a loyalty program, but you need to get all the information. It's like you not liking onions and being so upset when you get onions, right? You need to know everything. You need to know everything that you can about your family, about yeah. what your wife's like, what your kids love, you know, what your, you know, all of that makes a brand, a digital brand be very, very successful because they can better cater to you, right? It's yeah. not just about going out and finding your birthdays. It's like, I saw you ordering, last week I saw you ordering uh, the carne asada, um, whatever, um, tacos. Guess what? This week we have this carne asada that's made by chefs, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Whatever other type of carne asada is like, hey, I know you like carne asada because I saw you you ordered a tacos. Ha, ha, try this. You know what? This is, you know, either we'll send it to you or, you know, have this, you know, get two for one or something. But but try it out. Try it out. Because if you already if you already know that they like something, why not giving them a variation on what they already like? That means that they're going to come back more often, right? Amen. Data shows that 25% of your revenue comes from 5% of your guests. So what if you can get those 5% to spend a little bit more? What if you can get 1% more to become part of that 5% group, right? And, and these are the things that come from personalization, from making them feel like, again, like there's a dialogue, like there's hospitality because that, again, going back to loyalty, that's what drives loyalty. It's an emotional decision because guess what? Everyone's food is good, right? The places who don't have good food, they don't last long. But the places that have good food and great hospitality, those those become institutions. Yeah, so, and look, when, when I was with SBE, we put so much work in understanding who were the people that were coming into town. They were either staying in our hotel or our, you know, they wanted to go to our club or they wanted to dine at Katsuya or any of our other restaurants, right? And so we had a team of six people that they spent the entire day profiling. Everybody was coming in and trying to understand by reading their Facebook profiles and everything, what they liked most. And yeah. guess what? By the time they came into town, if they were from out of town, we'd already set them up to have a reservation in one of our restaurants, then go and have a, a cocktail or, you know, hang out at a club later on. 
so that they wouldn't have to stand in line or anything. And we knew what they were drinking. And then, you know, if they stayed at our hotel, we already had the amenities that we knew that they liked, right? So yeah. you build around that, that loyalty around the customer. Again, that's hospitality. I, I grew up in the hotel with my grandfather. I'm seven generation, right? So my mom was a chef in the hotel that my grandfather owned uh, and then the family owned. And, and, you know, I was watching him when I was a little kid every little thing that he did to make people fall in love with us, fall in love with the hotel, falling in love with our staff, falling in love with our food, with our drinks, with, with our pool, with, with everything, right? You just try to pick the most important things that people like. And sometimes they don't even have to tell you, you can pick it up judging by the expressions and, and say, oh, he likes that. Let me just, you know, or somebody commenting on mushroom. Let's say they would come over on, on mushroom season and they commenting on mushrooms. The next thing is that they show up at dinner and there was you know, a risotto with mushrooms and sauteed mushroom. There was like a whole choice for them in order to be able to enjoy something that they wouldn't necessarily get um, you know, anywhere else. Yeah, totally. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, Massimo. Um, so what are some successful things that you have seen or tried lately? Boy, um, you know, it, it's, it's been really a, a work session for the last year and a half since COVID <laughs> has happened. So there yeah. hasn't been too much of, of experimentation, right? Uh, you, you know, I order in at least three nights a week. And so they're always the same brand, the brands that do a good job that they generally don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, but I can't say that I've, I've done any amazing new experiences in, in the last few months, except for flying back and forth from Europe, because that's where my dad lives. And uh, uh, going back home is it's always a, a fun thing to do. I know we were we were uh, I caught you there when there was like a crazy rainstorm. Oh, last, yeah. Last time we chatted, it was like it was nuts. I'd never seen a rainstorm like that. Incredible, right? I think I sent you the video, didn't I? Yeah, it was yeah. like flooded and crazy. Anyway, glad glad you Insane. came out safely. Yeah. Um, so who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who is someone that we should be following? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I'm going to tell you for one thing for sure that you need to follow Wavemaker Labs. These guys are, these guys are incredible. They have what, for a lack of a better word, is an incubator for robotic and automated solution for the food industry and agriculture, right? And they are coming up with so many different solutions. They have invested in Piestro, they've invested in Miso Robotics, they've invested in Kitchen United, uh, not, just, not because of me, right? It's just because they are great people that they understand, understood a few years ago where the trend was going. And so now they've assembled a an incredible talented team of engineers that can produce all of these new ideas in the food industry and agriculture as well, but mostly the food industry. And so all the solutions they're coming up with are solutions that are, again, tool to empower the restaurant, the restaurant industry. And so, you know, keep your eyes peeled for, for them. Um, you know, of course, you know, for me, the love for the ghost kitchen is, is, is there because 
I think is an amazing thing. It's funny that when six years ago we were going around asking for money, there was not even a term for ghost kitchen or dark yeah. kitchen, right? <laughs> Nobody even knew what it was. And we were going around trying to raise money. And people were looking at us and like, yeah, you're crazy. It, it was like as if as if I had a third eye or something. <laughs> because people people were like, no, people don't don't want their food delivered to their home. I'm like, yeah, they are. They are yeah. getting it delivered by Grab Uber Eats and so on. But it hadn't caught on yet right and so people were thinking no 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 people want to come into the restaurant it's the same reason why some of the um the most acclaimed brands in america took a while before they got involved with the ghost kitchen right yeah because totally. they were like oh we have an established brand we've been doing this for 30 years why would we want to go and do ghost kitchens well guess, guess what happened covid happened and these people were not even set up for the digital call it revolution, they mm-hmm. wouldn't even set up for the delivery of food. So the moment that COVID hits and the restaurant shut down, they have no one in the dining room. How would they get the food to their consumer, to their guests, to their, to their clients? They, they had no idea. So they had to scramble and they had to set up for the digital, you know, call it revolution, call it whatever you want. But they weren't ready, so they had to scramble. Some people did it very, very fast and did it well. Some people didn't do it so well. Some people did it poorly, and they went under because they didn't have a way to get food to their guests. And so that's what happened. So for me, I say keep your eyes peeled for what Reef is doing. Keep your eyes peeled for what Ghost Kitchen brand of Canada is doing. You know, those are two a massive brand. And of course, you know, Sam at SBE with C3 is doing some phenomenal. Yeah. So those three companies in the ghost kitchen brands are company I would keep my eyes on. We have we have 42 of our own restaurants inside Reef right now. And, you know, they're doing phenomenal. That's the 800 degree uh, pizza go. And we're doing it out of ghost kitchens. And so I think that, again, what these companies are doing, they're providing them a fantastic service because they, again, they're bringing the food closer to the consumer so that when it gets to your home, it's in much better condition than it would be if you were ordering from your favorite restaurant that could deliver in, in an hour or so. Totally love that. Well, Massimo, how do people find you, follow you? I'm always on LinkedIn because there's so much going on right now, yeah, right? Right. There's so many companies, so many. So I mean, COVID, I think, just made people come out of the woodwork and just share with the world their tremendous ideas. So the, the creativity went from one to 100 in absolutely no time. And, and so you can see a lot of the stuff going on right now on LinkedIn. And uh, I think that with the fact that everybody's still somewhat at home, you have a little bit more time to spend on social media or on that social media and see what everyone else is doing. Because not everybody has the luxury like we do to be able to go to conventions and, and right. shows all the time. So I believe that LinkedIn is a, it's a great tool for people to see whatever is going on in pretty much every, every industry, but most importantly in, in our industry. Well, Massimo, for giving us a spoonful from your ocean of experience, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us and giving ovation, man. You're too kind. Zach, I'll be seeing you very soon. Thank you so much. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. 
you're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.